1: Welcome everyone to Stadium Cast, a play Pokemon podcast where we take you inside the competitive world of Pokemon Go. My name is JR Honda and with me today is none other than the Mayor, aka Jim Lastname, aka Wholesome Underscore, the professional Pokemon Go caster, and Go Battle League extraordinaire. He graces us with his presence this fine day. Welcome in, sir. Why don't you say hello?
0: Thank you so much, JR. Great to be with you. Hope you're having a good night.
1: I'm doing well, I'm doing well How was your day today? Did you have a good day?
0: It was lovely, I got to watch some streams Uh, I played Go Battle League uh, Did a new team Um, Shadow Granbull, Swampert, Medicham 14 and
1: 6, pretty good Nice, nice, nice I Mm -hmm. played a little today as well, broke into the 2700s finally Uh, Maybe make an expert push next week Playing around with the new Ultra Beast, Buzzwool Uh, It's it's pretty swole, I I do have to say Great animations
0: Uh, on all of its moves
1: Absolutely. It's, it's very... Uh, he's been in the gym quite a bit, it seems. Um, but today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about the world of Play Pokemon. It has finally begun for Pokemon Go. Um, yeah. It has been nothing but grassroots uh, for the entirety. Until now, we are in official Play Pokemon tournaments. Um, also, we're going to talk a little bit about the Go Battle League. Is it serious and is it sustainable? Uh, we're going to do a deep dive on the top meta picks for the world championships and we've got some special content there uh don't want to don't want to get you too excited but anyways uh we've got a speculation station where we're going to stop into that station and discuss the impending big meta shakeup. as you know we've we've not had any meta shifts really uh no big move updates uh in quite a while um so we're going to get into that and uh i say we we go and jump right into what do you say jim let's go ahead let's do it Well, Play Pokemon, it's here. It's finally arrived, and we recently had the debut of Pokemon Go into the Play Pokemon structure where it was part of regional events, uh, international championships all over the world. Uh, We had trainers traveling from literally everywhere to participate in these some even internationally i, I know a friend of ours um, inadequance a streamer uh traveled to multiple including the the euic and the north american international championship to compete yeah. uh what did you think uh this being the first time that we've had these events and you actually uh had the opportunity to cast and attend two of these mm-hmm. events
0: Yeah, the events were absolutely wild. I think that most people that attended would probably say it's on their Mount Rushmore of Pokemon memories. Um, Just great atmosphere. A lot of people getting to meet for the first time as well. Um, Friendships that have maybe been built during the pandemic only online. Now finally able to meet in person. Um, the battles themselves, obviously, featuring some absolutely incredible battlers. I think that there was very few surprises for the winners of the different regionals and international tournaments. Um, but I mean, I, I-, I got to say, it was just absolutely electric environment the entire time. Um, as a caster, I had probably my favorite, probably my favorite experiences, and it was actually my first in-person tournament that I've ever been to. So I really didn't have a lot of expectations. And I basically only been playing Pokemon remotely and to bring everyone together, it was a, it was a monumental experience for me. And I think a lot of other people as well.
1: 100% agree. Uh, You know, this is the first time that we've actually seen Pokemon Go on the big stage in an official capacity. We had a showcase uh, for Pokemon Go back in 2019 in Washington, DC, and we're back now in the play Pokemon circuit alongside the mainstays of VGC and TCG. We've got Pokin Tournament that's on its way out, and then we've got the all-new MOBA sensation, Pokemon Unite, which makes its way into the fold as well. Um, Having gone to some of these events and seeing just the the size and, and amount of people that come out to compete in things like the video game and trading card game and seeing kind of, I would say, the limitations that we currently have around Go, uh, what do you think is, what does the future look like? Because we've seen grassroots tournaments with much larger amounts of competitors. And I think because this was strictly held to regional events and we didn't have really a lot of lead time, we're also coming kind of out of a pandemic. People were a little bit worried about travel. There were, you know, vaccine restrictions, lots of different things that maybe have prevented people from participating. But seeing so many people compete in video game and trading card game. Do you think Pokemon Go could ever get to those numbers?
0: Uh, I do. I do. Um, I think that there, to your point, I think there is a lot of hesitation that existed kind of for this first season of Pokemon. I think that between some issues with um, some inconsistencies, we'll say, in the game that have since been reworked, um, some people just didn't really treat Pokemon Go, the application, Uh, very seriously from a competitive standpoint. I think that that image has been slowly repairing itself over time, and I think that that will lead to more people wanting to participate. Secondly, when you look at some of the hype that was involved, I think that a lot of people may have not been exposed to the real Pokemon showcase that that they can put on as far as what it is from an entertainment perspective. Um, Knowing that this was kind of the first season, there was maybe a couple... Um, a couple things to work out um, from a production standpoint. But I think that the longer that you watch the, the, the different streams, the better and better that it got. So when I look at the foundation that's been built here in this first season of competitive Pokemon, play Pokemon, knowing how much more upside exists, I definitely see more trainers interested in participating, more hype, uh, higher attendance, more viewership on online platforms. I I think this is just the beginning.
1: Yeah, I think uh, obviously the game was not in a really great place when these events got announced even, and even when they first started. uh, I mean, going into the first Mm -hmm. Indianapolis regionals um, up until I believe it was all the way up to maybe NAIC where we had the fast-move denial, um, fast-move clipping issue that was still occurring in the game uh, that really just you never understood truly how a matchup would play out until you got there and you actually played the game because it was dependent on these sort of one-turn swings that could could literally change a matchup, and we saw those in some of these regionals. So, uh, you know, it's understandable that some of the top competitors uh, in this competitive landscape might not feel comfortable coming to these events because it's not just, oh, should I go and try and compete? It's, oh, am I going to be able to take time off work? Am I going to be able to uh, invest the amount of money that it requires just to go to these places and participate because um, it is an investment. Uh, but I do think that we're, we're turning a corner because not only was it an investment into going into these tournaments, but we see the Pokemon company uh, has invested a lot of time into working on the game. Uh, some things are fixed. Um, it's definitely not perfect, uh, but I would say that it's it's much, much better um, than it ever has been, in my opinion. Um, and we also have some of the biggest prizing uh, that you've ever seen in an official Pokemon tournament. I mean, we're talking the the video game series. I'm looking here on Pokemon.com. Uh, trading card game, first place prize, $25,000. Now, that's that's an astronomical number. $25,000 for first place. Yeah. Second place, still getting $15,000. Video game championship, $10,000 to first place, $7,500 to second place. Same thing for Pokemon Go. Now you're talking about Pokemon video game that has been around for quite some time, uh, that has tons and tons of dedicated players that are coming out to compete in these official tournaments, and now you've got Pokemon Go literally on the same stage with the same prize money as video game, uh, with first place being ten thousand, second place seventy five hundred, shoot, third place and fourth place five thousand, four thousand dollars. I mean, even down to tied for thirteenth place, you're still getting a thousand dollars tying for 13th place in this Pokemon Go tournament. This is the biggest Pokemon Go tournament that we've ever had. And I think people seeing this, and I think, like you said, that that production quality is continuing to elevate further and further. We're seeing uh, better things happening in the game. Uh, I think having all of these top competitors just come together uh, and – focus on this event uh, is going to be the showcase that pokemon go is really going to take it to the next level what do you think of this this prizing i mean in terms of i know you've got a background in in some other gaming uh communities and things like that what do you feel like this is going to do to the pokemon go community seeing this level of investment
0: yeah um i mean i think there's there's kind of two factors you mentioned like attracting more battlers maybe three factors Number one being game fixes. I think that the game's trending in a positive direction. I think that's going to deter fewer and fewer people from wanting to feel like that their fate is up to a coin flip rather than true game skill. So I think that that's, that's one good thing. Secondly, to your point, I mean, cash prizes, right? Uh, 10000 for the winner. $1,000 for the 13th place. People are definitely... People play tournaments for prizes. There's, there's no doubt about it. Some people play it for solely the prestige and the the acknowledgement that they are one of the best battlers out there, and I I think that that's yet another thing that's attracting more people is the prestige that comes along with it of winning that NAIC or EUIC or Worlds, whatever it may be. A lot of recognition that comes with that, not only the cash prizes. So like I mentioned, like I said earlier, I think this is just the foundation's starting point when there's game fixes happening and there's cash prizes that, compared to other games, I think are, you know, it's maybe not the highest, not a League of Legends level, um type of prizes, but I think it for a game that's for the most part I the largest I've ever seen is maybe a thousand dollars for winning a tournament this is ten times that so this is going to attract a lot of people wanting to win that ten thousand dollar prize wanting to get that prestige and being more comfortable to do so now with more and more game fixes coming
1: yeah and I think the amount of engagement that uh, the Pokemon company sees around you know not only their mainstay games but also these two newbies, uh, that are kind of into the fold here with Pokemon Unite. Shoot, Pokemon Unite prizing—they're talking. They're, it's a hundred thousand dollars for first place. For first place, that's that's twenty grand for each person uh, right. on those teams of five. That's that's incredible. And I, I know, like you said, it's you know it's nothing in comparison to like League of Legends, where you've got you know prizes in the millions of dollars uh, for for top prize and, and world championships, but. But I see Pokemon being able to flourish, and I see this continuing to grow, um, and it's, it's hopeful. Um, now, looking at the, the field of competitors, we've got some some really incredible names that are, that are making their way uh, into London. We've got people all the way from APAC region. We've got EU competitors, North American, South American. Uh, we've got people like King IV. We've got H. Uh, uh Greenish, Cindy. Uh, they're actually a couple. Uh, they both won a regional. They're on their way there. Uh, Dilap Churn. We've got Rise to Occasion. Dunebug 97. It's Axon. Uh, Zigomatic. And even Kaiser Tenor, I, was, I see, is, uh, on his way there as well. Uh, Zardi, We've got people like Marto Gold, uh, down from South America on their way there. Uh, Rick Flareon. A.V. Rip. Valiant Vish. Aris. Freaka. Dancing Rob. Pokey Squirk, Lurgan Rocket. Uh, tons of people. I'm... I'm really hoping that some of the people from uh, APAC region. I know a lot of people were having uh, visa issues uh, trying to get in. I would love to see more APAC people make their way in. Find Panic, a favorite streams on Twitch. Um, only GBL, uh, some others there. Um, just a really stacked field in the Masters division, and then also in the Senior division, we've got people like Bird Power, Wadage. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got Hot Pocket Seven Seven Seven. Helium, PVP David, 07. Uh, a lot of these people, and they're going to be going head-to-head. Who is your favorite, I would say, for the Masters and Seniors division? Or or what do you think of this competitor field? I mean, there's so much talent uh, out there that's, that's making their way to London. Uh, what do you think of this tournament?
0: Yeah, I mean, to your point, it's absolutely stacked. I mean, these are people that I've had the privilege of playing against and losing to, many many times um it's interesting because you look at the different formats that or platforms that people may showcase their skills sometimes it's in just local tournaments or um you know maybe some online tournaments sometimes it's go battle league um people various achievements that people may have like first a legend or you know, for streamer to legend things like that for go battle league um These people check a lot of boxes, a lot of these folks. But there's also some that I feel don't always get a chance to flex just exactly how good they are. And one of those people, I think, is King. Um, King spends lots of time on his stream coaching and kind of going methodically through some of his team-building exercises. I'd say that that's probably one um, um, one of the biggest elements of his stream overall is being very educational and informative. He doesn't always necessarily go full trying his hardest, trying his, you know, waiting through queue times. That's not really his thing. But I never count King out in any best of five, best of three. I think that he's one of the most methodical, um, well-thought-out type of battlers that is always predicting someone's next step um, before they even make it sometimes. Um, It's very, very rare that you catch him off guard and not expecting something. So if I have to pick a favorite, it's probably going to be King. For um for the masters, for seniors division, I don't know. It's uh I I have trouble ever counting out Wadage. Um, he has become very very good. Knows all of the counts, all of the hyper meta Pokemon. Um, knows exactly his particular Pokemon how well they can survive different charge moves. If I'm going to be picking two right now, and locking it in, I'm picking King for masters and Wadage for seniors.
1: Okay, you heard it here first. Those are Jim's picks. We got that's them first right. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to ask you really quickly, having attended and casted two of these amazing events this season, how did it feel being a part of Pokemon history, and what do you think the future looks like? Because you were. You were part of yeah. Pokemon history, Jim. Like, you it's... were one of the first official casters for Pokemon Go in the Play Pokemon series, and that's, that's big. It's, uh, it is so big. So how did it feel? It's, it's huge. Somewhat it says. was
0: some would say it's huge Some would say it's big like my co Um it was uh, it, it was truly surreal um, the very first time getting to getting to cast um, you, 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 it doesn't really hit you until you're right there uh, in that tournament you walk into the convention and there's a th- over a thousand people in there and I know not all of them are there for go they're there for TCG and you know VG and things like that but the overall atmosphere getting thousands of people together all for one franchise pokemon it was absolutely incredible and getting an opportunity to do some of the things that i just enjoy um in a professional capacity was was absolutely wild and then to your point when you acknowledge that it's the inaugural season in in some capacity um that this is kind of the foundation lane setting the stage yeah it's it's such a privilege I, i i sometimes still feel it hasn't fully sunk in just how big of a, a moment this first this first season was and getting to be a part of it, it's amazing.
1: And what do you think the future looks like? And and not only what does it look like just at a larger scale, but then what do you want to see? Like, what do you want to yeah. get out of this? Do you ever see yourself competing? Do you want to stick to casting? Uh, how do you feel about it?
0: Yeah, no, I, I really enjoy casting. Um, people encourage me to do things like factions and sylph and other uh, tournaments. I don't really have the draw. the The draw for me... Um, is to be the best caster the most entertaining the most knowledgeable and well spoken and things like that when i look at my goals um, there there's really none that are aligned to being the best battler per se um, while i do pride myself on being very very good at battling and i think i have a lot of accolades especially when it comes to go battle league and streaming and things like that there's really no part of me that feels like a, a draw or a push to be that best trainer on the grand stage I love being able to be someone who's informative and entertaining and engaging um, and humorous and I think that all of those those desires and skills really translate to the to the casting so me personally I'd really like to continue casting doing regionals getting opportunities at at the national and international stage as well where I see the where I would like to see the competitive Pokemon go play Pokemon format kind of move forward would be more events. Obviously I think we saw three in North America or at least three in the United States slash Canada plus NAIC. So that's four. If we, I don't know exactly the full rotation or schedule for VG and TCG, but I would like to see more events at different local areas because frankly there's there wasn't that many opportunities for people to travel and battle and in many cases people are very far away um florida for instance i think the farther or the closest was probably um shoot um indianapolis I, I suppose so there was just a lot of different geographies that i feel didn't really get that much local coverage from a tournament perspective And if if there's an expansion possible for that, that's really what I'd like to see. More tournaments, um, more production, more casters, more battlers, more opportunities. I'm not too familiar, but I'm at least aware of like a point system that goes on in the uh, VG and TCG um, formats. Uh, It'd be really cool to see how that could be potentially applied to Go.
1: Yeah, I'd love to see that eventually come. And I think it will, you know, video game and trading card game, they had some online uh, tournaments that allowed competitors to earn championship points. Um, and, you know, Go didn't have that. And so I'd like to see that in the future, you know, obviously still having to deal with the pandemic. You know, the Pokemon companies had to adjust and, and move things around, do things a little bit differently than they would their normal uh, play competitive season. And so hopefully that that comes into play. And I, I'm excited for the future. I think it will come into play eventually. Um, you know, we, we're going to do everything we can to continue working with them, working with Play Pokemon to help flourish uh, and and sort of uh, build up uh, the community. Build the community. That's what we want to do. Hashtag. Hashtag. Um, Hashtag build the community uh, and uh, I would agree wholesome I think you're a great caster i think uh you're you're also very humorous uh, if you'd like to see how humorous Jim is you can find him on his twitch channel uh, just about every day at twitch.tv slash wholesome right. underscore uh, but anyways uh talking about the future of of play pokemon there's there's something else that's uh that's quite important when it comes to competitive uh pokemon go and that is the go battle league so I love I think go battle we league. uh transition into the the next section here and talk about the go battle league. Here we go. Jim, I gotta tell you there's there's actually some controversy that has been afoot in the community. There there's actual controversy. What what's that? Ladies and gentlemen, Johnny Bandini here. Ryan Swag Tips has tweeted today, community leaders need to reach out to their contacts about the ever-present and growing issue of highly exclusive, limited time, and explicit TOS-breaking Pokemon. How can Pokemon Go have a shred of competitive integrity when the playing field is anything but even? Ladies and gentlemen... Jim, I'm sorry. I I don't that's know how that stuff, guy JR. gets in here. I don't know how that guy gets in here. That's that's Johnny Bandini. He's sometimes he comes on the show. I don't know who he is, uh, and I don't know how he hacks my soundboard, but he does it all the time. I'm I'm sorry, but he's great. He's anyways, great. Uh, he he's annoying the stew out of me, but it is what it is. I'll try and cut him out in the post post production, but we'll see what we'll see what happens. But <laughs> anyway, so. You know, Ryan Swag tweeted earlier, um, eh, this was a couple days ago, I think, um, talking about this, and a um, couple people responded, you know, obviously right now we've got things like the Element Cup. You've got under 500 Salandit. You've got Sneasler. You've got the Galarian Birds. You've got Buzzwole, um, and some other Ultra Beasts that are out and about uh, that have been exclusive to events, or they require – uh, certain finagling uh to get your hands on. For instance, uh Salandit, you know, you need uh, lower than level twenty, uh twelve kilometer eggs. Um same thing with Sneasel, the Hisuian Sneasel to get those under and and what people have seen is that some people are are getting uh alt accounts or alternate accounts to to get these Pokemon so that they can compete. Um and, and people are talking about this and and uh, you know, I tweeted out, uh, responded to Ryan, and I just said, "Hey, it's been it's been brought up for a long time, and we do talk about this uh, with Niantic, with the Pokemon Company. Uh, I completely agree. I think accessibility issues have to be solved. Uh, but honestly, I don't see Go Battle League as a serious league. I think seeing that the Pokemon Company decided to ban." certain things like the Hisuian birds. Um, they also banned uh, I believe Buzzwol uh, and the other ultra beasts from the world's competition so people don't those competitors don't have to worry about uh, game planning for those. Um, they did not ban Sneezler, which I think is you know tiny mistake, but honestly, you know after talking with the Meta team, I don't know that Sneasler would have made a crazy amount of impact. We don't know, we'll see. Uh, If anyone comes and brings a Sneasler into uh, the world's competition or even the last chance qualifier. Uh, But I just I wanted to let Ryan know that we've given the feedback. And and I thought it was going to be done from there. uh, But boy, did it start a thread uh, because there are quite a few people that do believe and do feel that Go Battle League is a serious competitive league. So my question to you is, do you feel that Go Battle League is a serious competitive league? Why or why not?
0: Well, let's look at it this way. For the vast majority of the Pokemon Go player base, Go Battle League is their only PvP experience. They don't do Sylph. They don't do regional tournaments, things like that. It's the only competitive format that they participate in, except maybe battles with their friends, right? Just friendly exhibition battles. Um, So in that sense, I would say knowing it's the most... most played format, I think there's a sense of dedication and integrity that needs to be applied to it. Do I put it at the same level of um, competitive hierarchy that I put the official play Pokemon world stage? No, I don't. Um, And I don't think that there's a problem in applying different rules to different formats. So what we're seeing here with with Pokemon intentionally making specific bans I don't have a problem with that. I think that's that's good. Um, I am not a huge fan of region access or region locked or raid locked or um, event locked type of Pokemon that are impactful. But that said, it's it's almost always been the case. Now, I do want to call out that there's never been, in my opinion, a Pokemon as dominant in a particular cup than the. Very small Solandits in Element Cup. I think that if you look at the Tropiuses, you look at the Buzzwolves, the Sneaslers, none of them give the same competitive advantage that a Solandit does in this particular cup. And I think that those restricted little cups where you only have so many eligible Pokemon based on types and certain restrictions, when there's one thing that stands out amongst the rest, it's creates more of an impact than something that has a much more wide field, like an open Great League type of meta um, that'll have fewer over or way more counters to that particular broken Pokemon. So I I absolutely do agree that, that it's unfortunate that 1% of the population can have access to something um, and the other 99% can't. Um, but at the same time, I think that Pokemon is specifically saying we have the uh, the official tournament, which is the show six, pick three formats, open great league. I don't think that there's anything that is meta breaking in there to begin with, whether it's Buzzwool whether it's Sneasler. I don't think there's anything that's going to significantly shake up that meta. And number two, they're putting bans in place. Um, so... I, I think that everything they're doing is great. It comes back to the question of, does there need to be more moderation? That same that same restrictions and bans apply to Go Battle League. I don't have an answer for that one, JR. Um, I I don't think that there's anything in, in Open Great League that I, that really gets me passionate about it. The only thing that I feel is a, a bit broken in its current state is that Element Cups to land it. And I think that it would be more fair overall if there was a, a way for everyone to get it um, without having to break TOS. But I, I don't, I don't feel like offended that it does exist. If people want to take those measures, I don't personally feel that that it's ruining my game experience or anything like that. So while while Go Battle League is for many people that sole. Source of PvP that they get, and I want people to have a good, fair experience. I don't know that that's ever been the case, I don't know that it ever will be the case. And I'm content with the most serious competitive format, play Pokemon, putting restrictions and bans in place to make it fair in their eyes.
1: Yeah, I agree, and that's that's why I kind of said what I said about I don't view the Go Battle League as as. As serious as the, you know, play Pokemon series because, you know, I don't know that they could ever get to a point where you just make it to where no one can have a particular Pokemon. For instance, you've got the the concept of Pokemon Go being able to experience the the, war, the world of Pokemon in the real world. Uh, and have these regional Pokemon that are only available in certain areas, just like you would have uh, in the games themselves. You know, that's that's always probably going to be a thing. Um, so you're always going to have people that you know when Tropius first came out, people were breaking terms of service people were spoofing or they were linking up with people who were manipulating gps just to get their hands on atropius uh and you know sooner you know sooner or later those pokemon do become available in certain events or certain ways in the game uh, but you're always going to have those periods of time where certain pokemon are only available to a certain few and that's why i just don't see it as as something as as serious but i think for the future there are still very key issues here that need to be addressed in terms of accessibility i look at something like the master league the master league you know you've got people who you know for whatever reason i you know i don't think zarud is is extremely meta breaking but there were people um you know a couple days after zarud came out they've got level 50 zarud um, you know, uh, you didn't get those excels from walking, uh, that many kilometers over two days, trainer. Yeah. Uh, so you know, there's there's definitely things that can be done, um, to address the accessibility. But but outside of those things that I think, you know, have to be addressed uh, in other ways, what do you see that could potentially, like you said, bring more players in? Um, and then also, do you think they should focus on sort of freshening up things for the people who already enjoy PvP uh, and trainer battles, or should they be continuing to do more things to entice, uh, I would say, the rest of, or probably the majority of the player base who are not, uh, I mean, it's it's strictly data at this point. The numbers uh, say what is happening, and the majority of the people that play Pokemon Go Uh, They do not, you know, do very much go battle league or or trainer battles. And so how do you, how do you bridge that gap? Well, I think
0: that when we look at the play Pokemon official tournaments, um, the spotlight that they're getting, the push notifications that go out, I think it's all part of a process of building out the PVP player base. I think that there's still a lot of upside just internally already within the people that play the app daily for more and more people PVPing. I think that it's, much easier to convert existing Go players into Go PVPers than it is to bring someone in from outside of the Go community and have them start playing and start PVPing. I think that's there's that's that'll happen, but there's such a barrier to entry first off. Um, so that's 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 one thing that actually is a is a pretty challenging point when you look at the ability to compete in a very wide meta like the Open Great League and. That's play Pokemon format. That's probably the most common meta that we see in Go Battle League. It's not too hard to get a serviceable team or two, but it's very hard to really build out a team, especially now when we're, what, eight generations in to, to Go almost. You know, there's still some gaps here and there, but, I mean, there's a lot of Pokemon that are in Go now. If I've been solely investing in raid Pokemon as for, you know, six years... I'm so far behind from a PvP perspective with PvP IVs and bulky Pokemon and things like that. I mean, it's going to take millions and millions of dust and probably thousands, if not tens of thousands of catches to really build out your arsenal of Pokemon that are ready for PvP. So one of the things that I think would help bring more people in would be lowering... The barrier of entry to be competitive in PvP. I don't really know that I have the the fix for that, but I think that that's a big red flag in my eyes. um, Is that if I'm not a PvPer and I want to get into PvP, it's not like it's not a simple thing. It takes a lot of investment, a lot of time, and a lot of lot of learning. Um, I think that anytime that Niantic and Pokemon add more rewards to something people will play simply just for those rewards and some of those people might find hey i actually enjoy this i've never done go battle league before but kind of enjoy going against other people and oh yeah i'm starting to learn and hey i'm getting good i want to do more of this so increasing rewards is is one other way um but as far as the existing people in go battle league that already play that are already addicted to battling like myself Keeping things fresh is one of the most important concepts, and you look at other games like Overwatch, and one of the biggest complaints that a lot of people have had um, was that was how stale it became, how few balance changes, and uh, you know new formats. And with go, with Go Battle League, I, I don't know that there's necessarily going to be just new PVP formats that are introduced beyond just the the blind three format that exists, but it's a possibility. But what what I think can happen is new Pokemon, move rebalancing, new moves in general. Um, There's a lot that can be done to make things less stale. And I would say in this current state, in the season of Go with the fifth or sixth rotation now of Great League, things feel very, very stale. Um, Without any move changes, without any real shifts in the meta... People get bored of playing out the same matchups time and time and time again. So if I kind of bring it all back, I think that increasing rewards bring more people in from the existing player base. Um, Lowering the barrier to entry to be competitive in PvP would help people feel less discouraged and, and like they have a chance to compete sooner rather than later. And then doing some updates here and there, some maintenance, or not just maintenance on the game, but um, some rebalancing, I think is very, very key to maintain the existing player base.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of things that they can do. I know one of the things that is often brought up that is a feature that I feel like could easily be ported into Pokemon Go somehow that could lower that barrier of entry is rental teams. Uh, figuring out a way to say, hey, once a day you can pick three Pokemon to rent um, and you can use those. They're just going to have random IVs, but they're going to be powered up to 1,500 or 2,500, depending on the league rotation, and you can go in and battle with these Pokemon uh, to participate. You still have the you know same reward tracks. Not saying that those shouldn't be updated or we shouldn't look into a battle pass system, but I think strictly a rental uh, team system of some shape or form that you already have in VGC um, could be something. There's been people that I have seen – uh, you know, been following competitive Pokemon for a long time that have literally gone and competed and won regional tournaments in video game. And they've done interviews with them and they say, hey, how did you make your team? They go, I just rented it. I just picked whatever <laughs> was the top meta Pokemon that I saw. Um, and I rented that team and I came and competed because I knew the game. I just didn't have the Pokemon, didn't have the time to invest in, you know, hunting the right EVs or whatever. Um, so they just rented the team. So I think that could be done. And I think that would be, a great help to trainers. Um I think the future of the Go Battle League is bright. I think there are definitely accessibility issues. There's better things that can be done around looking at cups, looking at what is going to be the dominant meta in a particular meta or format, um, and making strategic bands like, you know, we've got Fighting Cup coming up. Still looks very stale to me, but at least they banned the psychic Pokemon because it would literally be Gallade and Metacham on every team. Um but I think there's there's definitely some things that they can do to help trainers out. And uh, speaking of helping trainers out, we do have a sponsor uh, for this episode, Jim. We have a, we have a sponsor here for uh, your very first episode. Um, so uh, just so you know, we'll, we'll get your check in the mail, but we're going to play the, uh, the sponsor ad read from them right now. This week's episode is sponsored by Apple AirTags. Do you find yourself misplacing important or special items when it matters most? Does it feel just too darn difficult to keep up with everything in this day and age? Do you need to find your wallet and keys before going out to a community day or Go Fest event? Are you worrying about your luggage as you travel to London for the Pokemon World Championships? Or maybe you just want to keep up with your Pokeball Plus and not lose it in an airport like me. Well, don't fret, little trainers. Apple AirTags makes it easy to keep up with everything important to you as a Pokemon trainer. AirTag is a super easy way to keep track of your stuff. Attach one to your keys, put another in your backpack, and just like that, they're on your radar in the Find My app. Starting at just $29, these make a great gift for friends who might have trouble keeping up with their things. Thank you to Apple for sponsoring this episode. Now, back to the show. Warning, Apple AirTags can only be used to track physical keys and are not meant to keep up with the cleft keys that you may accidentally delete from your Pokemon storage in Pokemon Go. Favorite those Pokemon, little trainers. Make sure you favored your Pokemon, little trainers. You don't want to accidentally delete anything, you know? Uh, yeah, I agree. 100% agree. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, mm-hmm. um, But thank you to Apple for sponsoring this episode. We appreciate it. Pick up some AirTags, maybe. Uh, put them on your luggage as you make the trip out to london or uh, travel to the next go Fest event but anyways n- next up on the docket we have a deep dive into the top meta pokemon for worlds are you ready jim yeah i'm ready let's go let's do it it's time ladies and gentlemen for that deep deep dive it's a deep dive. It's a deep deep dive, Jim. Yeah, you hear that little clip at the end? That's, that's That was nice. It's quite nice. It's nice. Uh really good stuff. But anyways, would say. uh <laughs> I spoke with an author of an upcoming play Pokemon article mm-hmm. on the top meta going into the world championships. And they advised that we look at the big six, as they called it. Uh the Steels, Ghosts, MetaCham, and Walrang. So I say we go through these one by one, and I want to hear your opinion, because I I think you've got a very solid understanding of the current meta. You've seen these in competition. uh, You've casted these Pokemon, and you battle with and against these Pokemon probably almost every day. Um, So let's first talk about the big walrus in the room, Walrein. Where do you see it in the meta? What is its dominance? And how literally how many people are going to bring Walrein? to the World Championships in London.
0: Yeah, I mean, I put it as an S-tier, S-plus-tier Pokemon. It's uh, pretty much a must-bring on most teams. When you look at Ice as a typing offensively, it has just so many benefits. It takes down a lot of very common dominant types that exist in the meta. With a coverage move like Earthquake, um, gives it strong play versus a lot of its counters, including the Steels, the, the Rock Pokemon, things like that. Uh, That may give it some challenges with a very high damage to energy uh, charge move in Icicle Spear. It's a body slam clone being able to charge it very fast. I I mean, when you look at a Pokemon in general, the things that you want spammy, um, good fast move, uh, low energy charge move that's still high damage per energy, and then some sort of um, nuke type of move that is uh, very hard hitting for when shields are down that bulky walrus really checks all the boxes um, there's very few things that are you're left wanting when it comes to Walrein even in its bad matchups with a little bit of an energy advantage it can still turn some of those bad matchups so there's very few things that just hard wall the Walrein and in fact some Pokemon that otherwise don't have a lot of play become more of an irrelevant strictly because they can counter the walrus Look at, for instance, the Araquanid, which does have some other things that are hard counters as well, but it is the prime Walrus counter. So um, we're going to see a lot of it. Um, while the meta has evolved slightly and maybe pivoted away 5%, it's still going to be the highest represented Pokemon, if not maybe the second highest represented Pokemon that we see at Worlds, in my
1: opinion. Do you think you'll see more Shadow or regular Walrein? Because Shadow Pokemon are very popular especially in the battling community, but, but particularly in these competitions, we saw tons of shadow Pokemon being used uh, in the regional and international championships. Do you think you'll see more uh, standard Walrein or the shadow variant Walrein?
0: Yeah, I think we're going to see more shadow. If, if people have access to them, they're probably going to be bringing them. There's more matchups that you win by knocking out with, a, with two Icicle Spears as shadow that you don't as, as normal um, or non-shadow, we'll say or that a single Earthquake knocks out from Shadow that it doesn't knock out on normal. So there's more matchups like that than there are matchups that Rain does worse and doesn't survive that extra move because of its lack of bulk due to Shadow. So I think if people have Shadow, they're going to bring it. It does come down to the individual team comp, but I'd say that we're going to see more than two-thirds that are going to be Shadow versus non.
1: Yeah, I agree. Well, we're going to have a lot of competitors coming out. They're going to be building their teams of six. Many will be saying, Veni, Vidi, Vici, uh, they will come, they will conquer. Well, we've got Medi, Medi, Punchy. It will come, it will see, it will counter um, its way into many teams. What do you think about Medicham? Metacham is great.
0: Um, it's the fighter that beats the other fighters. You pretty much need to have some sort of counter user on your team that's going to account for any of the normal types, the Licky Tongues, any of the Steel types, the Galarian Stunfisks, the Registeels, and then also any of the Ice types, like the the Wall Rains and, and things like that. Um, it has great typing in that it no, Psychic, that normally would be weak to Dark, has the the neutral, or I guess the fighting type that neutralizes that Dark Weakness. Um, still obviously has to watch out for things like Ghosts and things like Charmers, but it's the, it's the it pretty much wins all of those matchups that you can possibly want to win very consistently, and it's by far the bulkiest fighter that you can really bring on your squad. Not the Shadow Machamps, not the the Surfetch, not the Scrafties. Um, that Metacham is, is the bulk monster with counter, The only thing that it's lacking, the only thing that I think could make it a better Mon than it is today, is maybe getting access to something like Cross Chop. It does have power-up punch, which can be very impactful, and flip some matchups that it would otherwise lose to things like Registeel, but without, without something that actually does some considerable damage per energy, stab damage, stab fighting damage, there's always going to be some weakness, uh, to it. Like for instance, against Galarian Stunfisk, if you're running Ice Punch, um, it takes forever to knock that, to knock that Pokemon out. Whereas Machamp can basically take it out in, you know, five counters and a cross shot, maybe a couple other counters. Metachamp's is going to be sitting there for a while, chunking away at it. But when it comes down to it, it's a safe pick. It has great typing. It beats the other fighters. Um, and you can feel pretty confident that the matchups, when you get it in those steals, those normals, those ices, it's going to keep you switch and keep you where you want in the battle.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a top meta pick. I, I've still myself not built the XL version. I remember uh, when I first caught the 100% because back when PvP first came out, Candy XL was not a thing. Um, and the the best meta champ that you could have was the 100% right. um, with the best buddy boost. Um, so, I, you know, I think you're going to see a ton of those XL-built MetaCham out there. For um, sure. Another Pokemon that you're going to see a ton of, you know, better here, better there, Sableye is going to be everywhere, Jim. Uh, yeah. Sableye, probably one of the most common picks in all of Great League on all teams. Purified Sableye is, is literally rampant in the meta. What do you think of that Purified Ghost Pokemon?
0: I think it's the best Pokemon in the game right now for Open Great League. Um, you look at it's bad matchups and you know against things like fairies right like azumarill with proper baiting you can win that matchup due to the strength of return it's typing frankly is probably probably the best typing in uh in the game right now with um the ghost dark typing which kind of neutralize a lot of each other's weaknesses the only thing you really have to watch out for is going to be fairy damage and there's not a lot of fairy moves in the game, just in general. There's Charm, of course, but there's really no other fairy fast moves, so that's one fast move you have to watch out for. In any charge move scenarios, there's only a couple as well. you got the Moon Blast, the Dazzling Gleams, things like that, uh, the Play Roughs, but those are typically higher energy moves and not spammy whatsoever. So, the only real weakness that the Sableye has is to Charmers, and Charmers even It can land a return, which hits for neutral, um, and sometimes swing matchups. So it is, in my opinion, a must-bring. I think it's even more impactful than the Walrus.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think uh, Sableye, once again, is is another one that I think most, uh, I would say, top competitors... Uh, rely on when it comes to to Open Great League. That's one of the top Pokemon that you're going to see. You're going to see it in the Go Battle League, probably in more matches than you you don't see it. Um, And you know, speaking of ghost Pokemon, the, the there is another ghost that's become quite popular in the open Great League meta. Now, you know, I know it's just August. It's not Halloween yet, but that scary tree, he's already in costume. Trevenant is here. He's ready uh, to come into the meta uh, with the unique grass and ghost typing, access to Shadow Claw, Seed Bomb, and Shadow Ball. How do you feel it has impacted the meta, and what do you think it will play in terms of the open Great League Worlds competition. Yeah, I had one more follow
0: up real quick on, on Sableye. What's, how you can tell that Sableye is such an impactful Pokemon is because it forces trainers to bring things like Alolan Ninetales, which are frankly only on people's rosters to counter things like Sableye. Um, they don't really have a lot of play and a lot of neutral m- matchups for, versus most of the, the rest of the meta. Just, you know, even Walrain. You know, gets to those earthquakes relatively fast versus the Alolan Ninetales and things like that. Sableye forces you to bring an answer to it, something that you're really solely just bringing for that Sableye. Like I said, probably the Alolan Ninetales. To get back to your Sableye, question...
1: Sableye, even an answer to the to the Trevenant
0: as yeah. well. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's a hard answer to that Trevenant. Um, so Trevenant. When you look at the meta right now, water is a very, very dominant typing. Um the Swamperts, the Walreins the Azumarills, even the Araquanids. It's just a very, very strong typing in general. So looking at the grass Pokemon, and they oftentimes get walled by things like a steel or a flying Pokemon. Um you look at like a Meganium for instance and well it does have access to Earthquake it doesn't necessarily have like a great matchup versus um, versus Registeel. It really needs to land one of those, and the Vine Whips are all resisted. Most of the grass Pokemon had been pushed out of the meta for the most part. But with the ghost typing, it really adds a lot to to the arsenal for this grass Pokemon. Shadow Claw, like you mentioned, one of the best fast moves in the game. Does good. It's very easy to farm Pokemon down with it. Very oppressive fast move, but also it builds energy relatively fast. Getting to... Um, getting to shadow ball in 14 slash 12 turns. um, That's a very hard hitting stab move that can get close to one shotting a lot of Pokemon. Um, It is something that I would not say is a must bring on every team, but if you're identifying that you have acts that you have some um, weakness to waters in general, it's definitely one. It's going to be the grass Pokemon that gets brought
1: for sure. It's the, it's the swapper dancer basically. Yeah, essentially. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see a lot of those swampers, uh particularly trying to counter the next two Pokemon that we're going to talk about. The first, I and mean, this is not a shock to anybody, one, because it resists electric types, uh, Galarian Stunfisk is going to be found on many, many teams. Um, one of the new, top, I would say, top meta picks since it's come into Pokemon Go. It's been very popular throughout. Um, what do you think of that Steely Pancake?
0: Yeah, well, first off, great bulk, uh, good typing. Um, Does have some weaknesses in the sense of fighting and water, right? Um, But overall, pretty good typing. It has access to Mud Shot, which is one of the best moves that you can have when you have great charge moves because it builds energy very, very quickly. Rock Slide is a very good move. Despite not being stabbed for Galarian Stunfisk, it can threaten to one-shot things like... Um, like Talonflame. It'll scare away any bug Pokemon, basically, right? So the Araquanids or Galvantulas, things like that. Earthquake being a very hard-hitting stab move, um, even versus things like Medicham that have super effective counters that they're hitting. Those Earthquakes, they hit hard. Um, It's going to be able to, with an energy advantage, sometimes get close to flipping that matchup. So um, I think that we're going to see... Plenty of Galarian Stunfisk. However, I don't think it's the best steal in the meta right now. I think it's probably the second best steal. Number one being a little bit uh, the mono steal type.
1: Oh, yes. Well, we've talked about most of the meta here, and pretty much everything else in the meta is trash. I mean, quite literally. Mr. Trash Can is still zapping and stealing Winsway. Let's talk about uh, the, the big trash can in the room. Mr. Registeel. Yeah, yeah, Registeel, I would say, is top
0: three for most meta. If I look at the strongest Pokemon that people are bringing today, I think that Walrein, um, Shadow... Or, sorry, Sableye, and the Registeel, probably the most impactful of the bunch. Um, Registeel, with its... New move that it got, Zap Cannon, is able to extend a lot of matchups that would have been a lot more cut and dry before. Things like Metacham, now in the zero shield, especially with all the Metachams running Ice Punch and um, Psychic. Metacham now has to invest a shield there. So either taking Switch or you're taking shield advantage, that's crazy. That's something that is a steal is able to take that matchup. Um what it also does is it gives it much better coverage versus a lot of Pokemon as well. When you used to look at Flash Cannon and um Focus Blast Registeel had basically no play versus things like Jellicent. Um versus the Flyers, it had not as good of an answer, right? For like Talonflame, for instance. Um it now takes it now can either flip matchups or make matchups much closer with that Zap Cannon. And even in losing matchups it can set up your other Pokemon for very aggressive farm downs. You land two Zap Cannons, your opponent's um, attack is now dropped two stages. You're not so worried about shielding those charge moves, even if they get a farm down. You're going to come in with your own Pokemon, get an energy advantage for whatever comes in next. So between the move itself and the setup that it provides for the rest of the team, and just its incredible bulk and fast pacing moves with lock on... Registeel is always, always, always going to be a threat. There is almost nothing that it can't hit um, with super effective moves, or at least neutral moves. The biggest one that I see is Nidoqueen, um, Shadow Nidoqueen especially, but even then, it's double resisting the the uh, the poison moves, so it's not a terrible matchup. Um, I think we're going to see lots and lots of all three of those Pokemon. And I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I kind of want to talk a little bit about some core breakers that I think might break some of that up.
1: Yeah, you know, still is very metacentric. metacentric. Uh, I can, uh, I remember the, the Reddit thread uh, when lock on first became like really an important move in Go Battle League and people, you know, losing their minds on Reddit. Someone's cheating. I hear them locking on to my Pokemon. I hear the sound effect. They're, they're using a cheat code. And and some might say that Registeel is, is a little bit of a cheat code. It is extremely good. And we'll talk a little bit more about Registeel and Zap Cannon in the speculation station. But you talked about some of those core breakers. Are there any core breakers or surprise picks that you think can show up and make an impact for world's competitors or even in the last chance qualifier
0: yeah so i think the pokemon that i'm most impressed by as some of the sleeper picks are going to be some of the fighters or pseudo fighters that are not like MetaCham. we've seen some defense deoxys which is very bulky pokemon has good moves not great moves but good moves um and it can it can be a, an alternative to Metacham that has some more benefits that met, that metacham does not, like access to Thunderbolts. Um, the things that I'm more impressed by that I would like to see more of is Pokemon like Obstagoon. Um, when you look at how well they can do versus the Trevenant Walrein core, how well they can do versus things like Registeel. Obviously, you don't want to take a f- double super effective Focus Blast, but you're still hitting for super effective and with access to Cross Chop, you can normally win that matchup versus Registeel. Um, and i mean the obstagoon does well versus the galarian stunfisk as well um there's a lot of things that it does and the, yeah the Sableye, of course so there's a lot of versus the most meta best pokemon it's the one pokemon i see that can win versus most of those most of those picks now it has to watch out for any other counter user um whether it be fighting or not fighting, just anything that has access to counter, anything that has access to charm, it's a very high-risk, high-reward type of pick. It's not something that just has very consistent, safe, neutral matchups. Um, it's high, you know, it, it's it's something that you pick for certain Pokémon especially. The other things that I think are pretty interesting are Talonflame and Tapu Fini. So Talonflame does nicely versus things like, uh, like Registeel, obviously well versus things like um, Trevenant as well. Um, has to watch out for the Swampert and even the Rains as well. But it's something that when aligned properly and when it can ramp up its damage, can become very, very powerful very quick. Brave Bird is just such a strong move that even in resisted scenarios, it can do a ton of damage. And most of the things that resist Brave Bird take super effective damage from... Uh, from flame charge like the steels for instance so it has good coverage it's it's a bit clunky to use so that's why i think a lot of people dislike it and with all the waters in the meta it has a lot of risks but it's something i've seen people do very well with um the other ones like i mentioned uh, like surfetched it's the fighter that has the grass move so it can do nicely versus things like the, the swamperts um and yeah, I, I don't know. There's there's still a lot of things that, that we can add to that list. The Scrafties, uh, the Araquanids, um the Toxicroaks, the even the the Noctiles, things that like hard counter one Pokemon specifically, that being the Trevenant. But I think we covered most of the meta monsters. The only one that maybe we throw back in there is the t- the two Ninetales, the Loland Ninetales, for its charm and ability to beat the fighters and the Sableye's and then the Kanto nine tails which i think is one of the best neutral pokemon out there right now.
1: Yeah, i think we're definitely going to see uh one if not both of the nine tails on quite a few teams uh coming out there cuz fire is is just it's it's seemingly unresisted uh for a lot of the core meta especially when you look at things like Walrain, you know, it's still hitting neutral uh against against that water type um and and there's there's definitely things that can happen Uh, between now and then uh, that are going to affect that. One being the upcoming community day that we have with Mm -hmm. Obstagoon. You know, talking with the stadium meta team and and PV Poke, who's a part of that team, um, Obstruct looks to be – Going, it looks like it's going to be one of the preferred moves for Obstagoon moving forward, uh, and it actually can swing some of the matchups um, that Obstagoon might not have done so well in previously. Uh, so, make sure that you, you stay tuned to that and you participate in that community day if you're interested in getting that move or use an elite charge TM, maybe on one that you've already built that has. Good IVs, but it's going to be Stardust, so I expect to see most people who are interested in trainer battles out participating in that community today. But speaking of new Pokemon and new moves, I think it's time we take a stop inside the Speculation Station. Have you, have you ever been through the Speculation Station, Jim? This
0: will be my first time.
1: Well, I hope you enjoy your first time. We're gonna be we're gonna be nice and gentle. We're gonna ease you into it. Just uh we want you to be very comfortable, Jim. We want you to be very comfortable. So thank you so much. So without further ado, let's let's uh let's hop on this train ride into the speculation station. We're in the station, Jim. Welcome, welcome in. Uh, it's time to put on our tinfoil hats. Some might say, um, and talk about what what could happen. What could happen in Pokemon Go? So, you know, we talked a little bit about this earlier, but without any move updates or large meta shifts in almost a year. Yes, yes, it's been almost a year since we've had really substantive, I would say move updates there's been some new pokemon sprinkled in here and there there's been a couple very small move updates think rock tomb uh you know things like that but let's talk about what we could see coming post worlds and what we think is needed to help freshen up and further balance the open leagues um i can confirm and we've we've seen this in dev diaries we've seen this communicated directly from niantic employees that have said, you know they want to maintain competitive integrity for the world's open Great League Meta, and that we couldn't expect, you know, many big changes to happen until after that. So pretty much after Worlds, we are going to see, I would say, a probably a large move set update along with probably some new Pokemon coming to the game and things like that. So what I wanted to ask you, Is what do you think are the top three, if you had to pick three things that needed to be nerfed, made worse, and that would further balance the Open Great League meta, what would those be? Now, I have some opinions from myself and also from the Stadium meta team, but I want to hear from you. What do you think the top three nerfs need to happen to further balance that meta? So it's interesting because there's there's two ways
0: that nerfs can happen it can be with updates to moves themselves or introductions of new moves or it can be with introductions of like new Pokemon things to counter something so I think that in general you have to be very very sensitive with how you change individual moves because typically the red flag or the brokenness we'll call it is just one or two Pokemon that that have these moves and because of their bulkiness or lack of um, they become they become broken, and I think one of those examples is going to be Poison Fang. Um, Poison Fang, I would say, there's really one culprit that stands out that makes it so strong, and that in many other scenarios is it doesn't really feel as broken. And that's that's Poison Fang with Nidoqueen. Um, some of the other Pokemon that have access to it, um, no one really thinks twice about, but when you apply it to nidoqueen with its ability with poison jab poison fang just being able to spam that through even resisted bad matchups it's able to take a lot of matchups with that defense drop that it otherwise wouldn't be able to do it and having being able to get to those moves in 10 turns um it outpaces almost everything almost everything so um by the time that you've gotten two Poison Fangs off and dropped your opponent's defense half as much as possible, um, chances are they've only gotten to one move at most. So you look at something like a Nidoqueen versus Talonflame. Um, Nidoqueen can shield once and just farm all the way down. It's absolutely incredible. It's it's ridiculous how uh, how strong that it is. And it the, the challenging part is if you nerf the move and make it higher energy or less damage or whatever it may be, you have to think about how it impacts the rest of Pokemon that have that move. Now, that said, I would like to see... The outcome that I would like to see is Nidoqueen not pacing to the move as fast. Um, 10 turns is too fast. Um, 10 turns with like a great coverage move too, it's it's just too strong. If it was maybe um, 6-5 instead of 5-5, so 12 and 10, maybe it would... Change things a little bit, but that's the first move that that comes to mind that I feel needs um, some sort of attention would be Nidoqueen Poison Fang spam.
1: Yeah, I agree, and the the Stadium Meta team agrees as well. You know, Poison Fang is just it's so oppressive, especially when you pair it with Nidoqueen. Not only Nidoqueen, but Shadow Nidoqueen, yeah. Shadow Nidoqueen, and then and then pairing that with the Poison Jab damage, uh, being able to also use that. In comparison with Earth Power uh, or Stone Edge, even uh, to be able to bait people and then automatically lower their defense. Uh, You know, it's uh, as it's often said one, two, three, four, five, poison fang. Uh, you know, one, two, three, four, five, they're nerfing everything out there. So, uh, the stadium meta team agrees, and I think Poison Fang does make sense. And I agree with the sentiment of you have to be very careful how you go about, uh, sort of the, the nerf mentality because how is it going to affect other things? You know, like you said, there's other picks out there that learn Poison Fang. You've got things like, like Venomoth, but Venomoth is really not, uh, I would say meta centric. It's probably never going to be meta centric, maybe in some, you know, uh, special niche uh, meta formats or things like that that maybe happen in the grassroots format uh, or potential cups in the Go Battle League in the future, uh, but I don't, I just don't see it. It's it's most prevalent on Nitoqueen, uh and we even saw it quite a bit in the Pokemon Regional and International Championships. So I agree there. Now what's your what's your second pick?
0: Um, I think the one that is most common for people to complain about right now is something that is really accessible only for one Pokemon, which makes it a little bit easier to to tweak, and that is Walrein's Icicle Spear. Walrein went from, frankly, a meta-irrelevant Pokemon to, like I said, an S or S-tier Open Great League um, Show 6 Pick 3 Pokemon. Icicle Spear being a Body Slam slam clone, um, what's really interesting is that when you see Body Slam, another Pokemon that some people think are broken is the Lickitung, right? And there's no there's no good normal fast move so it's relying on things like lick which isn't the best energy generating or just best move in general but even without a great move that lick does have good coverage and it generates energy fast enough but with powder snow which is in my opinion a great fast move with stab on it as well the ice the stab icicle spear with ice being such a great typing that almost you know very few things resist um and hits for super effective versus a lot as well. It's just it's too good. Um it's just too good right now. When you look at especially the shadow wall rain, um there are things that it can knock out in two icicle spears hitting neutral. So not even super effective, just hitting neutral. So this is a bulky pokemon that can get to two moves in the first time is 10 turns, and then 8 turns, 18 turns to knock out a pokemon. Um there's n- almost nothing that's going to outpace that to moves. There's almost nothing that's going to have better moves. And the only things that may have better moves are probably things that it resists, like Swampert's Hydro Cannon, right? Um, so I think this one's a little bit easier to nerf. I think that um, since it's the only Pokemon that has access to it right now, it only it's the nerf on that particular move has a much narrower impact and a much more focused impact, which, um, which I would like to see is maybe, maybe a damage tweak. It's either the, it's either higher energy or, or lower damage. I mean, I think either one of those could achieve the the outcomes some people are looking for.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think this, the stadium meta team agrees as well. I think this probably needs something similar to what happened with hydro cannon, maybe rock slide as well. Uh, but I think with hydro cannon, if you remember hydro cannon, when it was initially released on Swampert, Uh, it was, um, 80 damage or it was 90 damage for 40 energy. They reduced that to 80 damage for 40 energy because it was so overpowered. And they did that pretty quickly. I think what happened here, and this is, I'm comfortable speculating because we're in the station, but I think what might've happened here is they, they prepared that it came out, it became very dominant, but they were, really too close to yeah. these official competitions where they couldn't make the change in time, uh, where it wouldn't affect things, I guess, uh, in an adverse way to them. So I agree. I think, you know, warrain is, is like you said, like we talked about in the previous segment, it's just so metacentric right now. And I think in order to really break up, uh, that sort of Walrein dominance that we're seeing in open great league right now, there's got to be a tweak to icicle spear. Um, One more, one more that I'd like to hear, what is your third pick for potential nerf uh, in this upcoming uh, particular big
0: shakeup? Yeah, we talked a a little bit about it in the the deep dive kind of top meta picks for for Worlds, but um, Registeel getting access to Zap Cannon, despite it not being a stab move, it's just a very, very good move with high damage to energy. Um, it's very accessible. I think it's like roughly like sixteen turns or so to get to the move, um, which is you know a good a good amount of turns. But the fact that it debuffs your attack and hits for so much damage, I mean, there's very few things that Registeel can't hit for at least neutral to start. Both very high damage per energy moves with lock on can really really get a lot of energy quickly. And for the thing is, is that most of the counters that we see to Registeel, at least the fighters, let's look at the most common fighters from what I normally see, Metacham, Defense Deoxys, both of those in the past would have been considered answers to Registeel, where we stand in this meta today, in the Zero Shield, the Registeel is going to take typically take those matchups, which is absolutely wild, and it's because of Zap Cannon. Again, let's look at this the same way we looked at the other moves. Where else do we see Zap Cannon on Pokemon? It's mostly uncommon Pokemon. Things like Ampharos, things like Porygon to Porygon Z. Um, there's not too many Pokemon that regularly use Zap Cannon. And I would argue that Zap Cannon, even on those Pokemon, could still be tweaked. I don't think that it would really make them better. Like They're, they're not good because of zap cannon they're actually not good because of other reasons um zap cannon doesn't really help or fix them but when when it when registeel has access that has everything that you need good typing with steel access to lock on to get to those moves very fast um incredible bulk it's too good so i think that zap cannon is something that Um, maybe giving it a chance for a debuff. I typically don't like that. I typically like something to be all or none, but that's one possibility just because that's one of the mechanics with the the debuff. Um, Same you could say for Poison Fang, maybe make it 50% instead of 100%, but in general, don't like those. Um, Or you could just reduce the damage. I think that when you look at, hey, two Zap Cannons knock out basically anything um, from Registeel, that's too strong in my opinion.
1: I uh, 100% agree. Uh, one more thing, uh, you know, when when I look at Zap Cannon and I see that I can literally beat with resisted fast move, resisted charge move, and I can beat a Trevenant with lock-on Zap Cannon, yeah. that's pretty busted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the the Ghost Stadium meta team uh, said the same thing. They've been saying it for quite some time, like even prior to release once we knew the stats, we started looking at simulations and they, they were like, uh, Hey, we need to tell them something because Registeel can now beat Giratina altered in like ultra league, uh, just doing straight zap cannon. It's, it's absolutely nuts. Um, and so, you know, I agree. You know, I think of the 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 Ralphie meme from The Simpsons. I'm in danger. Ha ha ha! ha. Everything's in danger when uh, Registeel is on the field. So, um, I think those are those are very common nerfs, and they're they probably would get support across the board. I think from most people. Well, well Jr. Now,
0: one last point: when you look at Registeel. In early seasons of Go Battle League, it was dominant. Um, there were Pokemon mm-hmm. specifically built just to beat that one Pokemon. It fell out of the meta for seasons and seasons, frankly. And it wasn't until XL Registeel for for Ultra League, as well as the um, inclusion of Zap Cannon into its moveset that really brought it back in both leagues, and it is now a problem again. So when you look at what changed, XLs did a lot of things, but Zap Cannon specifically took it from good too, too good.
1: Yeah. The, the lock on being added, it was, it was really good. Then they nerfed focus blast. Um, that kind of set it back a little bit. Then they brought zap cannon back in. You brought XLS in for the ultra league variant and it just really pushed it to the front of the meta. Um, but thinking of other things that maybe could use a little push closer to the front of the meta or, or help things along to, to help balance things. Let's talk about some buffs. Um, now, when I asked the Stadium Meta team about this and asked them these same questions, I said, you know, let's look at this from, uh, you know, it could be multiple things. It could be a specific Pokemon. It could be a specific move. It could be a specific typing. So when you think of buffs, is there specific type, Pokemon, uh, moves, set of moves uh, that you think could use a push to help balance it? things out a little bit
0: yeah so we've seen some similar treatment in the past with poison and with bug um with poison we've seen the evolution of like poison sting poison fang poison jab all those moves getting some shakeups they frankly took poison from a very bad typing to a good typing um not because of its resist resistances or anything like that but you went you saw when Nidoqueen queen was like getting access to poison uh poison fang um and some of the tweaks to the moves, it became dominant. So they did some uh, uh, updates there that I think not only made Poison better, but also put some checks on things that were too strong, Um, like Charmers. Um, When we look at Bug, that's something that I'd say is trending in the right direction, but still needs some work. Bug, we have Lunge. We have a new Pokemon that has access to Lunge, which is a good move, um, that being the Buzzwole but I still think that there need to be a better bug fast move to really make it more relevant. Right now most people are either going to be running like fury cutter, maybe bug bite. There's not really a lot of good options from a bug perspective. Infestation I guess some is okay. But in general, Pokemon There's not like a great combo of bug moves that people find very scary. Part of it's due to the typing, part of it's due to the moves themselves. So I'd like to see some more evolution there, either in the form of new moves or maybe different access that existing Pokemon currently have or will have. The last thing that I think is very – that hasn't made any progress at all is fairy typing. Um, Like I mentioned, the one fast move that we have, Charm, Um, doesn't really give you a lot of flexibility in how you play – with a fairy fast move it's you do high damage and you don't build energy basically at all um so i know there's been rumors of like fairy wind and other other fast moves that might get introduced um i think that i would like to see fairies get a different type of play other than really just being charmers or using a different fast move like azumarill for instance
1: yeah I agree uh literally when I asked this question, one of the first responses from the stadium meta team was literally fairy wind mod check fairy wind hello hello um, it's it's been you know data mined and I understand you know data mining is is against terms of service uh, it's out there we can speculate on it uh, you know fairywind has been out there for quite some time and it's it's just not there yet and it's like you said when you look at fairy types, Um, really it's charm. Um, and for charge moves, it's Moonblast, dazzling gleam. Uh, you know, there are other moves out there, but draining kiss, like it's, it's not, it's not widely distributed amongst Pokemon and it's not a good move. Uh, it doesn't have any of the, I would say, uh, traditional effects that it has like from main series games. So maybe some tweaks can be made there. Uh, but stadium meta 100% agrees, uh, more fairy presence as well so thinking of that what would be another type pokemon move that you think could be buffed to help balance things
0: um i mean i'm mostly just just looking at buffs um there's always just more variety i think that when you look at fighting for instance fighting is the while it does have probably the best move in best fast move in the game counter um there's no like dragon tail equivalent or charm equivalent or razor leaf equivalent for fighters so Fighters in general, you would imagine that there'd be some fighters that have very strong, hard-hitting, fast moves, and counter is a good pressure move from a from a fast move perspective, but it's not oppressive in the sense that uh, the dragon tail. Charm, Razor Leaf type of moves are so that's something that I could see a little bit, a little bit reworked. Um, metal Claw and just like Steel Fast moves in general. Um, bullet Punch is, I guess, the best one right now, and it's not a particularly great move. I think that we could see some shakeups to Steel. Um, I'd say a lot of. A lot of it can come down to giving different Pokemon access to different fast moves in general. It's not all just about rebalancing the moves themselves, but giving access to different things. And I know some of that comes down to, to main series games. But, I mean, there are certain Pokemon that would be great Pokemon if they just had the right move um, that's already in the game now. Um, there are some Pokemon that have just great, great bulk. Um, but their best moves are things like Extrasensory and, like, Pound or something. So, um you give, yeah, you give those a good fast move and they might become too good, frankly. So in general, I would like to see updates to maybe fighting just to have something besides counter. Karate Chop just isn't doesn't fill that, that niche. And then maybe something for Steel as well. And I already mentioned Bug and Fairy.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the media, the Stadium Meta team agrees as well, looking at some of those underpowered fast attacks, things like low kick, wing attack mud slap uh could maybe even use some adjustment there as well uh we've seen that on things like gastrodon in the in the past rotation with Hissui cup and things like that uh, i think you know like you said that that sort of high uh dragon tail-esque uh fighting move low kick really makes sense for me i mean you think about it i think about main series i look at a pokemon like hitmonlee that learns low kick um just thinking about you know it's high damage. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sweeping the leg. Yeah. I'm sweeping the leg. I'm knocking you on your tail. It should be slower um, than like Machamp sh- punching a bunch with counter, right? You know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I'm sweeping the leg. Um, and I think, uh, I think those things could help. I think looking at possibly some normal types as well uh, to help balance normal. and even things out. Maybe increasing things uh, on the energy side or damage side uh, for like quick attack and tackle. Now, obviously, I think Pound needs to probably stay where it's at because of Chansey, uh, but Quick Attack, Tackle, uh, I think could use some adjustments there as well. Yeah. Now, what's what's one more thing? before we Before we head out of the station, what's one more thing that you think could maybe, I don't know, fire up the meta? uh in the open great league, yeah uh
0: speaking of fire i mean it's a it's a tough pick in many cases um just due to the dominance that water has always had in the meta the azumarils the Swampert's, it's even the wall rains um but that's more neutral of course um fire has been a tough pick and especially when there's things like galarian Stunfisk that you're like oh great a steel that i can hit super effective against well guess what i have rock slide i have earthquake they, those really get threatened very very quickly um You know what? I think that, me personally, I think that Fire is in an okay spot. I think Fire Spin, Ember, gives you okay fast moves. They're not necessarily great. There's nothing that's the thing with the fire fast moves is that there's nothing that's great while there is blast burn it's barely on any pokemon and most of the pokemon that have it have terrible stat products so they're just there's no like bulky fire pokemon that has blast burn and then like a mud shot or something that would make it equivalent to like a fire swampert um so i think that it's that fire in general, I'm not necessarily looking at the moves and just thinking, well, this is never gonna work. I think that part of it is due to the individual Pokemon that have that are fire Pokemon and the lack of the lack of bulk that they have. The bulkiest Pokemon that uses fire moves is probably Digger's B, which is an interesting Pokemon, but it uses Fire Punch, it's non stab. It, I mean that it it basically it's just a bait move than it is so much for real oppressive fire damage. I think that if we could see bulky Pokemon with access to things like Blast Burn and maybe a a better fast move, even if it's non-stab fast move just for energy generation, that would be something that I feel would be a big meta shifter, and I'd like to see it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the the Stadium meta team said uh, similar things, looking at just assorted fire types, being able to widen the distribution of the good fire moves that are out there, like Blast Burn. Uh, I mean, it's fire. It's supposed to be lit, right? That's right. That's, uh, that's my last dad joke for the episode. I promise. I promise. Um, that's it. We recorded a podcast, Jim. We did it. We, we actually mm-hmm. finished. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on our way out. We're on our way out. Um, one last thing that I wanted to ask you as we are finishing up, wrapping up here, are there any underdogs that you see in the world's competition or last chance qualifier? Because if you didn't know this, Uh, trainers that may be listening there is a last chance qualifier tournament that will be held the day before the official world's competition begins Um, and not only will the top two competitors make their way into the official world's competition but anyone who received a world's invite that does not show up and does not register which seems to be quite a few from what we're seeing online um, those next ranked competitors in that last chance qualifier will gain those spots. That's crazy. Um, So I know some big names that are still planning to compete in those. We've got um, people from stadium that are going to compete. We've got people like inadequants, people like though technical that are making the journey out there to compete as well. Do you have any underdogs that you think could either are, you know, they're already in the world's competition and they're just kind of hanging back, you know, uh, biding their time, or someone that could come through the last chance qualifier that could really just shake things up and has the the grit to, to just climb all the way back uh, and win it all. Um, well,
0: I think that Toe Tactical is one of the best battlers out there. I think that his mechanical skill and knowledge of types and team comps and even just individual players' strategies, he seems to always be one step ahead. Um, I know that they're the the competitions that i saw him compete in i think the euic um to be frank i think that there were some issues um with the game that may have had some impact but either way i think that he is so technically good to technical technical um, Mm -hmm. it's in his name Mm -hmm. Um, if i had to pick someone from that was competing in the last chance qualifier to not only win that but win it all I would probably pick Totectical. Do I think he's an underdog? No, I don't. I think that he's widely seen as one of the best PvPers. Um, I don't know all the people that will be participating in it, but that, to your point, if there are going to be spots that are freed up from people not making it to Worlds that had qualified from the different competitions, and those spots are going to the last chance qualifier, that particular tournament is probably the highest chance of getting into the actual worlds tournament. So I think that knowing that, that there'll probably be five plus competitors coming out of that. Probably more realistically. I think that we're going to see a lot of very good battlers that previously may have had some bad luck that are going to work their way into worlds. And I think that some of them really could, really could go a long way.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think Thomas is incredibly talented. Uh, Watched him today. uh, Just pick apart. Uh, Inadequence in the practice open Great League tournament that he had on his stream earlier today. Uh, But speaking of inadequence, I I, there there has to be something to be said about someone who's competed in, I believe, three different regionals now. um, Because I believe he competed in EUIC. I know he competed in NAIC, and I'm pretty sure he competed in either Bremen or Lille. Not. Quite sure on that, but, but he's got a ton of practice. He got 0-2'd in that one, ton. actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even though he did not get an invite, I just think about someone who is who is also extremely talented, probably has one of the most iconic moments um, catching the earth power on the Pelipper um, in this season so far. Yeah. Um, again, really talented person. Literally, uh <sighs> he uh his he his elo dropped all the way to 1800 i i I don't know how uh but it dropped to 1800 Mm -hmm. went from 1800 to legend in in less than two days he was playing on the train Uh, is what it was the spotty wi-fi yeah yeah and so you know lots of stuff happened uh but but someone who has that level of skill to be able to do that i would not count them out from being able to sweep a tournament Come back from a qualifier tournament and take it all the way. Um, so I, I'm really excited about that. But I'm, I'm really excited to see some of the competitors that we don't see a lot of, like the APAC competitors, uh, competitors from South America or Australia. I want to see these battlers. I, I, you're going to see the top competition in London. And I'm extremely excited uh, to be there and see all that. Yeah. But, anyways, We've had I've had a great time, Jim. I don't know about you, but I've had a good time uh, just uh, just shooting the stuff with you and having a good time uh, discussing uh, all things Pokemon Go. Yeah, uh, absolutely, and trainer battles.
0: Yeah, it's been a pleasure to be on what here. What did you think? Did it's you- been a pleasure, JR. Yeah, I think that a lot of these topics are things that um, we don't necessarily spend a lot of time going through in detail. They're things that are we might just acknowledge um, very high level and maybe just kind of cursory understanding. But it's nice when we can really deep dive into some of these um, controversial and very... Um, um, in some cases you know game breaking topics um, whether it's the fast moves whether it's the accessibility issues and then yeah just talking about the hype I mean I think that that n- no one at this point is not hyped for worlds I think that this is a moment that anyone in the in the PvP scene has been waiting for for years I think the the momentum and hype levels is that it's probably all-time high I think that the optimism and positivity that people didn't feel for years is coming back and and uh, and accelerating so um yeah it's been great to to be here and kind of talk about it
1: well i've had a i've had a fantastic time i uh i've had a really good evening it's it's been great it's been great recording um but you tell us did you like this do you like us please please tell us how much you like us tell us how great we are we want to hear it we want to feel it Uh, But thank you for listening. Uh, If you do like this, you know, please let us know. Tell us on Twitter. Tell us on Instagram. Come into the Twitch chats. Tell us that you enjoy uh, us. You enjoy our content. You can find Jim on Twitter, twitter.com slash wholesomepogo or on twitch.tv slash wholesome underscore. You can find me at JRHonda121 or at Ghost Stadium. Uh, And I also stream on twitch.tv slash stadium. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode. Yes, we'll see you there. We'll see you.